Hello and welcome to the Panhandle Primate Podcast. I'm your host, Dexter Kearley. Uh, thank you for joining me today, tonight, this morning, whenever it is that you're joining me. Um, I'm currently, it's a Saturday afternoon at 2.20. So I had a uh, podcast with Hayden Pedigo this morning. We threw it down. I'm throwing down this intro. Going to try to get it done, uh, try to get this thing posted by, uh, I guess, this afternoon. It's going to be a be a quick little turnaround, but uh, today's guest, Hayden Pedigo, this will be his second time on the show. Um, his first appearance was uh, episode 17, so I would encourage anybody who uh, is interested um, in more of Hayden's music, uh, we get a, into a lot of that on uh, on that episode. Uh, this one, we talk a little bit more about his uh, political career, but... Um, we, we talked about a lot of new stuff. He's had a lot of projects since the last time he was on the show. Um, of course, his uh, YouTube, well, I guess originally Facebook's where he blew up on with his uh, city council ads. Uh, but those are still going pretty pretty hot and heavy, it seems like. he's. Uh, an, uh, I guess he's announced that he's running. He officially puts in for it uh, ne- next month, uh, like January 16th, I think is what he said. So uh, be on the lookout for that. Uh, Super interesting. It's going to be interesting to follow. I think uh, this, it's definitely not done. So the excitement around these these videos and stuff is not done. So give him a follow on Instagram at This Heat. Um, He posts some some wacky stuff, but he also posts some uh, of his guitar stuff, which is super dope. Um, In this, we talk a little bit about uh, if you just Google Hayden Pedigo on... I guess Google, um, it, it pulls up his ad campaigns. And then I think the next video is actually, um, for episode 25, I did a, a live podcast with Ginny and Zarello and then, uh, Hayden Pedigo played afterwards and Ginny recorded it on her phone. And then she put that up on uh, YouTube. So, uh, it was a really good, uh, performance. Uh, it's a really fun video uh, Jenny's awesome, and so uh, check it out. Oh, this heat just popped up in the in the Instagram Live video. So, anyway, uh, so check all that stuff out, um, and hopefully you enjoy today's episode. A few announcements. Let's see. Is the first one coming up is the Critical Mass Bike Ride. This is December twenty eighth at six thirty. Uh, it might be a chilly one. Um, I don't know. Um, Amarillo is really hit or miss some night, some days and some nights are really mild, but, uh, get out and try to make that. It's pretty fun. Uh, if you like riding bikes and you're in the Amarillo area, you should definitely get on the, uh, bomb, the critical mass bomb city Facebook page. Right before I started this intro or started recording this intro, I noticed that, uh, Luis posted that he was going to go for a ride this afternoon. Um, that's a cool place for, if you're wanting to take a bike ride and you're wanting a group to ride with you, it's a cool place to be able to like post and say, Hey, you know, try to get some people together, uh, a group together to ride. I was actually really wishing I could have gone and ridden with him, but, uh, I guess business comes first. If, if you could call this podcast business, um, the next announcement would be, so Lake dads, um, I've, played one song of theirs on and i think that they're currently working on uh an album 
their opening, I guess, for Guts Club at 8.06, January 13th at 9 o'clock. So uh, I saw I saw Lake Dads play at 8.06 last time they played, and it was really good. Um, it's a band that I'm excited about uh, in Amarillo. So check them out. Show some support. 806 is a cool place. So get out. Um, Shake Hands Amarillo Ping Pong Club is going to have their next uh, tournament January 16th. There's still spots available. Check it out. I don't know if they're having like Pizza Nomad come out or any of that stuff uh, for this one. But uh, check it out. It's fun. It's fun just to go. uh, You get to see some high level ping pong. Um, they've got ping pong for everybody. There's a, like, I guess there's a bottom bracket, a top bracket, and then they've been doing like a, uh, an exclusive, like round robin old, like, uh, high, super high level players bracket. So super fun to come out, uh, meet a lot of people. And this, uh, the January shake hands is, um, a drive for the homeless. So it's like bringing beanies and hoodies and gloves for, and socks for the homeless. So that's the entry fee. So if you're interested, check it out. There's some spots still available. I think maybe only like nine spots. So you got to get on that. Um, and then January 4th is uh Bardo Bill and the Muchachos debut show. Uh, we're not sure where it's going to be, but it will be somewhere and it will be that night. So uh, if you're interested in that, just be on the lookout for more announcements. And, uh, you know, if you could plan that January 4th to come out, uh, I'm, I'm really wanting to start meeting more people that are listening to the podcast uh, and try to, like, create, facilitate um, more of a community uh, environment for it, you know, um, so anyway, just let me know, hit me up, uh, let me know if anybody's interested in, and you know, I was doing uh, podcast meetups for a while and those were super fun, but, uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know why I stopped doing those. Maybe I'll, maybe I'll start planning one of those for next year. Uh, a few shout outs, um, on Instagram at Jacob, the barber dot TX. That's Jacob J A C O B the barber dot TX. He uh, is a fan of the podcast. He had, he uh, has been listening. I think he actually said that he heard about the show through the Shake Hands Amarillo ping pong page. Um, but he hit me up and he said that he was enjoying the podcast and he was like, "Let me know if you want a haircut. Um, I'll give you a haircut as a way of supporting the podcast," which I thought was interesting. I was like, you know what? That's um, that's something I need, and that's a great way of supporting the podcast. So. Uh, if you're watching the Instagram live video, you can kind of see the, the haircut. He gave me a, a, a dope fade. Um, a lot of fun. It was good talking to him. Good meeting him. Um, follow him on Instagram if you think. Um, but just a huge shout out to him. Uh, it was it was really cool of him to reach out and, and say what's up. So the next throw out, the next uh, shout out I've got is... For Casey B, I'm not saying her last name because uh, whenever I started recording this, she hadn't actually said that I could say her name on um, the podcast. But uh, her name's Casey B. She gave me a recommendation on Facebook and gave a nice, a lovely little write up about the podcast um, about uh, how there is more to do in Amarillo than just drink. So, which was cool. Um, 
super cool. It was nice to see that support on Facebook. So I'm shouting out those two people. Um, if you would like to show your support for po- uh, the podcast, you can. I have a Patreon page. It's Panhandle Primate Podcast. The only uh, monthly reoccurring cost or like tier is the dollar make me holler tier. That's a dollar a month uh, is all that would cost you. The next tier up is the $5 buy me a beer tier. This is a one-time charge. Um, And that just gives you an option if you want to throw me a beer or throw my guest a beer because... Uh, my Jeff Wyrick uh, episode, and I guess Hayden drank a, a beer today too. So um, that could be the. I, I maybe I'll change that tier to the buy my guest a beer tier. What do you think? Should, sounds more generous. Sounds more generous. It it kind of makes it seem like you're not giving me a beer, but you're, you're give, buying their beer, so you're kind of. Well, but then my guest could be buying their beer. That might if if my guest throws five dollars on the patreon then that five dollars could go to buying the guest the beer it's so, a listener a listener that's what what i yeah, said you said a guest oh a guest yeah i don't want the guest buying their own beer yeah that seems backwards so anyway that's the five dollar buy me a beer tier the next stage up is the ten dollar mythical creature tier i call this the mythical creature tier because i don't think i'm going to see very many of them you know it's like one of the it's like the it's the tier of the people that you imagine are out there but nobody's ever seen them. There's no like hardcore evidence that they exist. That's the that's the mythical creature tier. Um so anyway, those are your options. Uh I'm actually one of my goals is to become a little bit more mm, like like learn that platform a little bit more, become a little bit more engaged with that platform and hopefully start giving uh, people who are on that platform a little bit more, a little bit more, you know, give them something special for being or for supporting the podcast, uh, doing it that way. Huge shout out to Taylor Waddell. He threw $50, uh, towards the show, which is huge. Um, he's actually one of the earliest supporters of the podcast. He, uh, he was my second guest, um, episode number five so check that out i need to catch up with taylor have him on again uh it's been a long time you know and what are you gonna do with the fifty dollars oh the fifty dollars so i'm i'm working with a company to try to get some hats printed up is that what you're talking about yeah yeah i mean like you're not just pocketing the money and just moving on oh yeah yeah no that these are all going to be going back into uh pretty much product development for the podcast trying to Try to get some I, what brand recognition? Is that what that would be? Uh, yeah, you're building a brand. Yeah, building a brand. So um, that all that money, actually, pretty much all the money so far is going to go to those to making some hats, uh, making some t-shirts, um, getting some stuff going. So trying to trying to build the brand, like yeah, Shannon said. So um, and then also throw out to Sock. She's my other Patreon supporter. She's the first. Yeah, Shannon's very specific about that. You know, Taylor might be the biggest, but Sox is the first. So uh, she works up at Pondicetta and Crush. Um, she just posted, like I saw her, she posted on Facebook or on Instagram right before 
uh, I started this Instagram feed where she's she was like doing their crowler system. She's like super into that. Uh, she said it's super fun to to can beers like right there for people, and uh, she said she basically loves her job. So uh, if you want to go in and drink a beer from somebody who loves their job, go up to Pondicetta. Um, I would say just go up any time, uh, and then there's a good chance you'll be up there while Socks is working. Especially if you go at what lunchtime. Lunchtimes right now. Yeah, lunchtimes right now. So, and if you do go in there, throw her a good tip because um, she's a good person. So, uh, all that. So, give me a follow on Instagram, uh, Facebook. I have a Facebook group, which is just Panel Primate Podcast. I'm gonna try to become a little bit more uh active in all of these different realms um please subscribe on itunes leave a review uh leave a review on whichever platform you know you listen to i'm i'm going to make an effort for you know this next year to get on uh, spotify and to do some different to make sure i'm on some different platforms but if you'll give me a um a, sus- a subscription and leave a review on whichever platform you listen to, uh, listen on, then uh, maybe that will increase the visibility of the show, maybe get some more listeners. Um, let's see. All that. Yep. I think I made it through all of the announcements. So uh, I'm going to play a song for you. This is Glass Animals off of their 2016 album, How to Be a Human Being. Uh, this is a song called Agnes. It's super dope. I've been jamming them recently, like this past week, pretty heavily. So uh, I hope you enjoy this song. Thank you for tuning into the podcast. Um, enjoy enjoy this episode. Hopefully you, uh, you get something out of it. And hopefully you'll get out and vote. So um, all that to say, thank you people. And until next time, peace.
right, Hayden Pedigo, number two. So this is the our last interview was January seventh, two thousand eighteen. Our oh. first interview. Yeah. So it was interesting because I I was thinking about it, that's the first time I met you. Yeah, it was that first podcast. It was that first podcast, and it seems like it was longer than a year ago. Yeah, I thought that it was twenty seventeen. I thought it was last year we did it. Because mm-hmm. you were still living in that old house. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, the old studio. Now we're in the. The new upgraded studio with the with the video and and the uh, juniper tree, the uh, the bonsai tree, but um, so it's been a heck of a year for you. Yeah. <laughs> so the the first thing is I was gonna have you like do like a rundown of just like um, some of the more memorable things, like the soundtrack. What was that movie? Yeah, I I did a score for a short film called My Mother Is a Fish starring uh, Charlie Plummer, which he has been kind of blowing up the past year or two. He was mm-hmm. in a A24 film called Lean on Pete uh, with Steve Buscemi, and it got a lot of mm. a lot of good traction on what it. What was it called? Lean on Pete. Lean on Pete. Is that the one where... Um, with Steve Buscemi? Yeah, it's like I'm a... Ra- of- it's, yeah, this one's about a racing horse. Oh, okay. Yeah, okay. not the name of the horse, but um, I was... Uh, contacted by this director out of New York named Jeff Rutherford and he was like hey I've been listening to your music for a long time do you want to do score for a film and I was like yeah that sounds like a really cool really cool idea because I um, I've done essentially these collaborations with this guy Chip Lord who did the Cadillac Ranch mm-hmm. but those weren't really like scoring a film because I made the music first then Chip made the visuals later so, right. so I, it, that's the backward that's doing it backwards but with this it was kind of cool because it, it was a lot tougher because I essentially would have the film. And I thought I was just going to do um, some tracks and send it to him and he'd find a place. But uh, they were very specific on where they wanted certain things, where they mm. wanted certain moods, where they wanted certain key changes. Dang. And that was hard because the project, I think I started in August and I finished it at the end of November. Okay. So it took a, it took a while. Did, like, when you're working on something like that, does it, like, stay with you in your head? Like, whenever, like, throughout the day, like, you're, uh, do you ever, like, would you catch yourself at your desk or whatever, like, just normal day, like, like, thinking about it? Yeah, well, I mean, I I don't really, like, come up with musical ideas in my head when I'm not playing. Like, I don't really, like, hear something, but more of just thinking about, uh, tonight I probably need to finish that scene. Mm. I probably need to do that because it was just kind of blocking scene by scene. And I would do three or four takes of each track. Mm. And there's some stuff that we would use and then he would be like, oh, I don't know if that is going to fit in the final one. Let's try something different. So that was kind of the tough part was something like, if you were like, man, I really like this song, but I mean, I kind of oh, trusted, fit. yeah, I kind of trusted his gut in terms of if he's like, ah, oh, it doesn't, Yeah, I don't think it fits in that spot because I, th- the film was definitely like his baby, you know, like mm-hmm. wanting it a certain way. So I definitely get that, but it was definitely a full on learning experience. Where, where can people find that? Is it out yet? It's not out yet. Okay. Yeah, that no, will be, still in the, yeah, that'll be in 2019. Still in the lab. Yeah. Probably spring of 2019. Probably around then, yeah. Because cool. I know they were submitting it to festivals and doing all of that. But um, my work, my work's finally done. <laughs> yeah, well, it was interesting. Um, I was listening back to our previous episode, uh, kind of in preparation for this. I didn't want to cover too much of the same uh, material. Yeah. But it was funny because in that one, we talk about 
you you made like the comment uh, a couple of times in it like yeah you know my music kind of it's it's almost like a soundtrack like yeah. it's almost like soundtrack <laughs> music yeah and then it was like well yeah you did a soundtrack <laughs> you know it, yeah. like it's kind of cool yeah that so, was that that's kind of a great film where you're like well that was kind of I'm I'm glad I did it and that was kind of out of nowhere yeah he approached me out of nowhere I'd never met him before and he had just been listening to my music on Spotify did you ask him how he came across your music or yeah how and he, came he across? said I, he said just through Spotify oh really and I think just um, pulled it up for him yeah because when Greetings from Amarillo first came out. Um, uh, some of the songs going on Spotify's Fresh Finds playlist, mm. which got had a lot of traction, just because a lot of people look at those playlists. Yeah, yeah, I was listening back to that album, which I, I listen to it whenever I write or like you know mm-hmm. occasionally. Um, which it, it was funny because I hadn't been turned on to instrumental music until sitting down with you and talking to you about it. Talked to a couple other people and they're like, you know, yeah, it it allows space yeah. for your thoughts. And I never thought of it that way before, you know. But so since then, I have been like experimenting with it. And it's like, oh, it does like, like if you're listening to it in the background, it does like almost give you uh, a background. I mm-hmm. guess it's a background yeah. to like have like forefront thoughts in. It's yeah. kind of interesting. Yeah, but absolutely. It's super helpful. Um, so a couple other things is like, how many shows? Do you know how many shows you played this last year? Um, not, uh, not exactly. I don't know. I usually, I don't play a whole lot of shows. It seemed, cause I saw you twice at the Tecla house. Yeah. You opened for, uh, well, was, how do you say that one dude's Ryan name? Ryan Colwell. Ryan Colwell, but and the other. Tashi Dorji. Yeah, Tashi Dorji. Did the joint show together. Dude, and that, man, that was, that dude is interesting. Yeah. He, cause it was like cool cause it was like kind of like a. It felt very Asian-y, mm-hmm. but it was like, I don't know if he's using like an American tuning style or something mm-hmm. like that, but it was kind of crazy. It was like cool to see those two like styles like mesh. Yeah. But. In, in a very chaotic, weird way. Yeah. Yeah. Know? And it was so cool. Like the setting of like the Tecla house with the, with the trees and then the locusts in yeah. the background, like. That was probably my favorite part about every show this summer there yeah. was those locusts started like chirping and it did something cool with the music. I think, I want to say it was, they started chirp, I'm pretty sure with one of your songs mm-hmm. and it was like going right with the beat. Yeah. Like their like ups and downs, like their pitch <laughs> changes were like right, it was like, dude, this is, this is crazy. It's yeah. all like magical, you know, like it was crazy. <laughs> But so you had those two shows, the Amarillo Museum of Art, mm-hmm. and that was the one with Chip, right? Yes. And what was the name of his, like, what was the name of that video that he did? Um, well, he showed Greetings from Amarillo, which is the video that accompanies that album. Oh, okay. And then he um, spoke on his work with Ant Farm, the Cadillac Ranch. Oh. So it was kind of just a duo show. Yeah, I was bummed we were out of town for that one, but I was like... That's like the one. That's one of the shows that I've missed. That I was like, "Damn, I really wish I had a." Because that's interesting, man. Like Cadillac, Cadillac Ranch is probably one of the things that Emerald was known for. Yeah, the, I would, the most. The most, yeah, you know, I like out of anything. There's, and there's always people out there. Yeah. Every time we drive by, there's like twenty cars. Yeah. Just to see these cars stuck in the ground, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Um, but so. One of so one of your live performances this last year was at the Emerald Art Institute. Yeah, and uh, so I was like, I was looking on YouTube, which we're about to talk about. But I was looking on YouTube, and the 
fifth video, mm-hmm. right behind your series, mm-hmm. is the the video that Jenny took on her phone yeah. of you playing. Yeah, and I was yeah. like, dude, it, it's a good recording. I was pretty impressed with it. Yeah, you know, and, and I think it was just like the last two minutes of the show. But no, yeah. it was the whole. It was it was your whole performance. Oh, it was the whole. Oh, okay. It's like a it's like an eight minute video. Nice, and it's good, dude. Yeah. Like it was a good jam. Like I was, uh, which. Um, most of your show are all of your shows still completely improvised um or are you like working through like some ideas i mean a lot of them are improvised but then um there's some shows where i do do songs that i've had written you know it just kind of depends on what i don't know the mood i'm in that night Mm -hmm. what i want to do because sometimes i prefer to just kind of uh go up there and just kind of let it flow and paint with it a little bit yeah because and sometimes you want to like do you want to be aggressive sometimes in it or like yeah and i think at this point like i'm not the best guitarist but i think i've been playing long enough and doing it long enough where i feel confident and improvising because i feel like i i know my way around the guitar with what i do enough to confidently confidently like be able to improvise like that so when you say that when you say that like i'm not the best guitarist what would your definition of like the best guitarist be? Um, I don't know. I think, I, I mean, I, I think I mean best guitarist by a technical standpoint, but I feel like from a technical standpoint, I don't really care all that much yeah, about yeah. like, I'm not, I'm not big into technical guitar. I'm just kind of into guitar stuff that moves me. Cause all my favorite guitar players, I would say aren't like the uh, most just techie masterful dudes or uh, that, you know, like people that can do music theory and all that, you yeah, know, which yeah. I'm not saying it's just bad, but I'm, I'm not really into super just technical guitar. Well, see, and it's, cause that's what's, sometimes it's kind of interesting cause it's like, okay, what is, cause I, I've said that, you know, which granted I'm, I'm not, I'm nowhere near your level, but whenever I'm playing, mm-hmm. I'll make that statement. I find that statement coming out of my mouth a lot like, well, I'm, I'm nowhere near the best guitarist. Yeah. But then it's like, well, what am I like? What is my projection best. of like the best? You know, and yeah. and I guess you have to like go to the names. You have to say, well, this guy, this guy, this guy, and this guy. Yeah. You know, but it seems to be more tied up in like a uh, an ability. Like yeah, but something. I always say that I'm the type of guitarist where. Um, if I'm at somebody's house and somebody's like, Hayden, play the guitar, and they hand me some gu- acoustic guitar that's not mine, and I don't have finger picks, and it's just, mm. I, I'm not the type of guy that I feel like I can just pick up a guitar and just dazzle people. Like, that's not my zone. Like, that's not really how I work. But if, like, I have my guitar at my house, and I've been working on something and writing mm. something, and I play, people will be like, oh, wow, he's a good guitar player. As opposed to if I'm at someone's house and they just toss me a guitar and I like, play something for us, I'll probably play something kind of. Uh, okay, and they'll just yeah. be like, "Oh, that's cool." Like, oh, yeah, yeah, okay, <laughs> yeah. Like, it, it's not gonna blow anybody away. That's yeah. that's kind of how I am as a guitar player. I'm good within the realm of what I do. But uh-huh. I think that's all you should care about. Yeah, I don't think you should be super worried about just like being able to pick up the guitar and dazzle people. Because then at that point, it's almost like a parlor trick or something, mm-hmm. like juggling mm-hmm. or like you know, it's almost like inauthentic. Like it's yeah, like, uh, it's like a, it's like a. The, almost like the preparation cheapens it or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, well, that's one of the things I've been thinking recently. Um, you know, because there's this like com- the comedy, mm-hmm. Yellow City comedy is kind of coming up. And mm-hmm. so like trying to start thinking of like jokes. Mm-hmm. And one of the jokes I was kind of thinking of or working on was like, okay, now that I have a kid and I don't really have like the as high a likelihood as getting laid mm-hmm. anymore. 
um, well, I'll start telling jokes because mm-hmm. there's no chance you're going to get laid telling jokes. <laughs> Whereas back in the day, it was like, you know, people are sitting on their guitar or on their bed and they decide instead of writing jokes, they're going to write or they're going to learn how to play the guitar because it's got a higher likelihood of getting them laid or yeah, whatever, you yeah. know? And, and like, it is like one of those things, like anytime you see somebody sit down at a piano and they bust out like the, the 10 songs that they know everybody's going to be like, oh, I love that yeah. song, you yeah. know? Like It's like, okay, you didn't really learn how to play the piano so you could play like Bach. You yeah. learned so that you could play, um, what's the song uh, that every piano par- bar plays? Uh, Just a small town girl. Oh, Journey. Don't Journey, don't yeah. Think. Like that song, like, um, but, you know, it's like everybody yeah. goes crazy. They're like, you're the best. <laughs> like, you can play that song. Yeah, because people recognize it. Yeah. Know? Um, one of my favorite jokes, and I don't, I don't attribute, I don't think I came up with this because it probably, it's, it, there's no way this hasn't been said before, but I was joking with one of my friends the other day cause he was talking about Pink Floyd and I said, oh, have you ever heard that if you play a uh, movie, The Wizard of Oz backwards in reverse and play Dark Side of the Moon on vinyl, a triple speed, if you do those together, um, did you know you'll probably have a really bad time? <laughs> I, yeah. mean, I mean the joke has to be people used to always say dark side of the moon you play yeah, yeah. but it's like say you play it's back like, to play at like this exact speed you'll realize that you wasted however many hours of your life or whatever like listening to it yeah I always like that joke it yeah always... that's a good one. <laughs> oh shit man and I've actually tried I think I'm pretty sure everybody in high school tried that at least once did you ever try that listening I, to I didn't it. I actually have a funny story about dark side of the moon this is one of my favorite stories because um, I was raised very 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 conservative Christian mm. type homeschooled very secluded kind of thing and I always have a story of the time I owned dark side of the moon for one minute because I was in New Mexico and with my family on a trip, and I was probably 11 or 12. And me and my dad were walking around a mall, and we walked into a CD store, and I saw Dark Side of the Moon on CD. And I was like, Dad, I want to get this. And he was like, okay. So we go up to the counter, I buy it. We walk out of the store, and my mom walks up, and she's like, what's that? And I was like, I bought this CD. And my mom looks at it, and she's like, this is drugging music. Go take it back. Oh, so no. we, had to, we had to walk back in, return the CD. And I've never owned Dark Side of the Moon again. That was oh, the last man, time one I minute. Owned, that was the last time I owned Dark Side of the Moon. I owned it for one minute. Damn, that is crazy. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's kind of weird. I don't know if I've ever really owned it or if it was like given to me MP3 yeah. like style. Like we've all uh, listened like pirated. to it. Yeah. yeah, we've all listened to it. Yeah. Um. Damn, where are we at here? On my oh, so the Ginny and Zarello video of your live performance at mm-hmm. Emerald Art Institute had 298 views, mm-hmm. but your number one video on uh, Facebook has a hundred thousand. Oh, the one on YouTube? Oh yeah, what did I say? Facebook. <laughs> oh yeah, Facebook. Well, I don't know how many it's up to on Facebook. The one on Facebook had like 77,000 77. and the one on Facebook was over a hundred. Yeah, uh, YouTube as of this morning was 103,140 views. And this is of course your city council run. <laughs> so it's kind of funny because I was thinking about it and I was like, man, I'm going to break this show up into two because your mute, which we talked about extensively on the first one. the first podcast, was uh, we talked a lot about your music and just music in, in general. But the city council video, like, kind of, well, first off, um, I just kind of explain the first video mm-hmm. uh, if if somebody hasn't seen it. Yeah, it's 
I always say like that that video is really hard to explain with no visuals. So I always I'll explain it, but I always tell people to go look it up and see. Well, you could just give it context. The, just the give context the context of, of, the, video. of the first video. It was a city council campaign video. I put it in quotes, finger quotes that people hopefully will see. Yeah. <laughs> um, where I I got a suit at Goodwill and we went out to the park and did a campaign video. It was me and my friend Alex, <laughs> and then, and he uh, we essentially just kind of winged it. We didn't have. A script or anything when we went out to the park <laughs> to shoot it and we had a folding chair and a tape measure in his in the, well he had the tape measure i just brought a folding <laughs> chair with me because he said we might need it so he brought the folding chair and he just we just were walking around he did we might need it yeah we might we didn't know we didn't know why we needed the chair he just said let's just bring the chair um um, so we went, we went out to the park. We just started walking around. Um, okay. Set the chair there and sit there. Then, okay, let's have you measure that, uh, ditch. Like we just started just doing a bunch of shots. And then finally Alex was like, you probably need to like say something like a slogan or say who you are or something. I was like, okay. So then at the end I walked up and I, as we were walking to go shoot the last scene, I said, Alex, I kind of want to, I have an idea to say something. He's like, what is it? And I said, I want to say I think local small business owners out here are straight up getting bonked. And we just both started laughing. He was like, yeah, just say it. <laughs> so we walked up and he was like, oh, say um, you're running for city council place too. Because we just chose a random place at the time. Mm -hmm. We didn't have any like specific one chosen, <laughs> so we just chose two. So we had to shoot that 20 times. The video, literally the rest of the video was shorter to shoot than that one scene because we kept mm -hmm. having to retake it because I couldn't say it. With the straight face. Yeah. Because if you see in the actual video, right after I say it, I smirk. But that wasn't like an intentional thing. It was just me grinning because <laughs> yeah. I was trying not to laugh. Because that's it's really hard to say that local yeah. business owners are straight up getting bonked with a dead face yeah. without laughing. But um, that once I went home and I did the editing <laughs> and did the music on it. And it was funny because I used a Danny Brown instrumental that I found off YouTube. And when I put it into iMovie, I turned the volume up. And when I did that, I didn't realize it just distorted it. It just mm. crushed the audio. And I was like, oh, man, I completely distorted the track. And then I watched it again. And I was like, I kind of like the distortion on it because it just added this really gnarly quality to the video. Because yeah. right when it... I accidentally, when the chair hit the ground, that's when the beat came in and mm. just exploded. And I was like, I kind of like how just visceral, like I felt like yeah. it, it it made the video because like it literally was like an explosion. Like it just made people go, oh, whoa. Like it was very visceral and had mm -hmm. this gut, gut punch that I don't think the other videos had. I don't think that that was the tough thing to nail getting that kind of punch. But yeah, I, I went home, we finished the video, I put it up on Instagram, and that was it. And my wife was like, why don't you put it up on Facebook? I was like, ah, I think I'm just going to put it on Instagram. She was like, no, you should put it on Facebook, because I usually just put the absurd, goofy stuff on Instagram, and Facebook was just for music, really. Mm. And I was like, okay, I'm going to throw it up on Facebook. So I put it up there, and like the first hour, got like 60 likes. I was like, hey, people people are liking the video. Yeah. That's good. <laughs> and then the share started to go up, and it started to just share after share after share, and the views were jumping up and up and up. And I was like, oh my gosh, what's going on? Like, <laughs> it was kind of crazy. I was like, okay, this is getting pretty crazy. Within the first week, it was, it was pretty wild just from that first video. But, um, we'll see that, that, you know, you say, cause it is one of those things like it was kind of thrown together, but it had that quality to it. But then with, like you said, with the music, 
and mm-hmm. it was like all of these different elements mm-hmm. like lined up perfectly perfectly that i felt like we're outside of our hands yeah, like something yeah. it felt like it, it came together the way it was supposed to without like us intentionally meaning for it to turn out that i don't way. think you could have no. intentionally done like that's what you were saying with the, the next three video or yeah. three how many video four well to- total there's five total five total, total. okay but that, so that's what's hard is it's hard to i always say like it's it's nearly mm-hmm. impossible to nail the vibe of the first video and get that same type of traction but i think we understood that off the bat that's just like we're not gonna make five versions of this video that are gonna have the same impact because you can never match the impact of the first one mm-hmm. but i do think the other videos did um provide uh the same continue the narrative yeah well i would one of the things i would say is the uh the video i think like i really like the first video mm-hmm. but i think it was maybe the third video mm-hmm. where you have the director come in Oh, that was the fourth one. The fourth video. Uh-huh. Uh, that one, I, I think that's actually probably my favorite video. Which, yeah. Because it, it's like uh, it played with the, the concept of, okay, I was doing this, just having fun, just doing yeah. it, you know. And then now it's like we're like working on it. We're actually trying to make this thing happen, yeah. you know. But that video is funny itself. Oh, like, yeah. When, it, when it's the VHS effect and then it cuts to the camera crew. It's funny because <laughs> it's it's like breaking the fourth wall, but it's not because that was also fake. You know what I mean? Like the video saying that it cuts to the actual behind the scenes, which is fake as well. <laughs> yeah. So it's just like we were joking that there was like so many layers to yeah. this that we're like, we're just building so many <laughs> layers to this that are just insane because we're like even the behind the scenes was right. Was right. Right. That's, you know, but I think people could obviously see. Oh that. yeah, that that's the part that made it so funny. Is it was kind of like it was like poking fun at the previous videos. Yeah, like what we were doing. Yeah, but yeah, and so uh, it, like you said, it it uh, really struck a nerve. Yeah, and blew up. So like within the first, I I probably I think I probably saw it. I don't know. I think I want to say it was up pretty high by the time I liked it. Like yeah. I think it was like at 150 likes or something like that. And yeah. I, I probably saw it the first day. Yeah, like it blew up. It was like, and then the views on the little thing. It was just like every day they were like doubling. Yeah, it was just like five thousand, ten thousand, twenty thousand, forty thousand. It was like, yeah. oh my gosh, this yeah. thing is going crazy. <laughs> that that was yeah, that was definitely the most wild part about it. So complete surprise. Yes. Yeah, that was not intended. We weren't thinking this is going to get a lot of traction. Why do you think it got so much traction? Like, what do you, um, what do I you think, think? I think it struck a nerve with people in Amarillo and outside of Amarillo because, like I keep telling people, everyone is so fried on politics right now. I think everyone's just burnt out. And then you have this video where it's somebody running for public office and it just has nothing. It, it, it throws all the rules out the window and it's just insane. It doesn't talk badly about anybody. It doesn't tell you what you should be afraid of. Uh-huh. It's just kind of there and loud, but you're not really sure yeah. what it's saying. I, I think I think whether you like it or not, you have to look at it just because you're kind of curious. And that, yeah. I, I told people sometimes I think the best kind of advertising is the advertisement that makes the person come to it asking what it is. Right. You know, that's what yeah, makes people yeah. go if you don't tell them up front what, what it is they're going to come it, There has to be that, like, almost, like, follow-up investigation. Yeah. Like, I don't know whatever – I don't know exactly what this guy's telling me. So now i got to investigate what it is he's trying to tell me. Yeah. Well, and that's one of the things I thought was so cool is um, liberal or conservative both, like, look at it and see whatever message they want out of it. Yeah. It's just – it's like a like – a, I don't know. I, I want to almost like go like really grandiose and say it's like a rebellious, like making some sort of 
large political statement yeah. by not making a political statement. Yeah, but I always tell people I'm not going to act smarter than I am and say, like, we have these intentions to make it this big political statement because we really didn't. Like, right, we didn't right. make it going, we're going to we're going to make a point with this. It was more just kind of like, we're going to... This is a fun video that we thought was funny, but we we weren't meaning it to be this subliminal like yeah, political yeah. message. But I think that kind of makes it more honest, you know. Yeah. If it, oh, yeah. it didn't have an agenda behind it, which I think makes it more pure because uh-huh. there really wasn't an agenda. Yeah. It was <laughs> like I bought the suit, and it, it's weird. Like I tell people that the suit at this point is like a weird out of body character. Uh-huh. Like it's not me. Like when I wear the suit, it's just like it's a character. I can't, I can't go around wearing it and like feel serious yeah like as myself like you know it's like, at the uh, six car event mm-hmm. did you wear the suit no i did not wear, no, the, suit. wear I dre- the suit i dressed i dressed normal so because it kind of started off as a joke but now you're officially running like, yes you're really running and, for it yes and i tell people uh, because i've had a lot of people ask me about why i'm running because i think obviously it did start off with a lot of joking context behind it and it, then it started to get a lot of traction and the way i was thinking was first off I do genuinely think that a lot of people my age and younger, under 30, kind of crowd in Amarillo, um, don't really care all that much for local politics or, like, local government. Like, they don't pay a whole lot of attention to it. And, I mean, a lot of that has to do with, like, not going to meetings. And, like, I personally, like, have had to watch a lot of those meetings online because I'm working when they when they do have the meetings. And I, I just think it's a lot easier for people my age to just not really pay attention to it because how many times... I mean, I vote, but how many times have we gone and voted and it's a city election and it's just like, who are you voting for for city council place two? And you just pick a random name because you don't you don't know and you're just yeah. like, oh, whatever, I'm not voting for president. So it's not really going to matter all that uh-huh. much. But what I say is I've had so many of my friends in the past few years move away from Amarillo and go to bigger cities. Yeah. And I'm like, well, I, I think there's a problem with Amarillo not really listening to its younger residents. And I think it, I kind of hate it that a lot of young people leave because they don't think Amarillo is a place they can progress. And I always say, well, I, I disagree. I think you can progress here and you can do whatever you want. Obviously, I don't think there's any rules to what you can and can't do. But um, I'm like, you know, if you do want Amarillo to become what you want it to become, you, you can just go out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Because I think at this point, whatever just started as a joke for me gained a lot of traction. And I started having a lot of good conversations with people about what they want Amarillo to become, problems they had with Amarillo, what they think I needed what 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 the, the, when they asked me what I thought needed to happen with Amarillo for it to progress and having those types of conversations because it, I've had honestly through this experience some really literal like incredible experiences because I've met a lot of people don't know this but I've met with um, former city council members um, next week I have a meeting with a former mayor like a recent ish like former former mayor because I've I've been wanting to pick everyone's brains I've been wanting to know what's it like how's this work how's that work mm. what was the biggest problem uh, like I've been trying to do my research the best I can because off the bat I didn't entirely know all that much about local politics but I've been telling people that I do have a genuine lo- love for Amarillo that I think could be a, a benefit to Amarillo let's say if I do run and do win because I think originally I thought I didn't have a chance at all but in the, I mean, the fact that this started in August and it's December, and I feel like it not only has it not lost momentum, I feel like it's been gaining momentum yeah. in a larger sense because I'm not just looking at it from oh, a view perspective on videos. I'm not really concerned about views anymore. Yeah. I mean, honestly, like, that's why I'm not even sure if I'm going to do 
the videos anymore because I think there's enough of them out there where I can mm-hmm. stop it there and now get to the actual work because the date to file is January 16th. So essentially I'm just a month away yeah. from when this all starts. <clears throat> right, right. Well, that, that was one of the funny things whenever I think I can't remember the first time I talked to you after the video came out mm-hmm. and you were like, I was like, well, are you going to run? And you were like, man, I don't know. Like, it's a long time away. Like, that's a long time to keep momentum going. Yeah, like, will people even care? Yeah, but what's strange or crazy about it is it seems like, um, it's, which this is a terrible example, but it's the only one that's popping in my head. It's like Fast and the Furious, whenever they're racing and they start off on the line and they always wait till a certain point to hit the 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 NOS, you know, like the turbo button or whatever. And I always wonder, I was like, why don't you hit that earlier? You know, yeah. like if you have this like secret weapon, why don't mm-hmm. you use, you know, or whatever. Right? Yeah. But it, it's kind of like, it seems like that's how your campaign, you know, has yeah. gone is like the video will kind of, it flares up and then it kind of like slows down and then, Hey, adult swims calling, you know? Yeah. And like, so you have these, like these moments where it, like the video gets picked up yeah. by a new crowd of people. seeing. Yeah. It. And that's what was crazy was the fact that adult swim aired it in October there, and I mean, the video came out in August, and it pretty much happened was we showed the video. Adult Swim has an online web show called Development Meeting, where they just like field ideas for shows, and you can call in and pitch something. So one night, like, I was leaving work, I was like, I should call into that show. So I called in, they watched the video, they laughed, and you know, they're like, this is great, I don't, I don't know if this would be a show or something, but uh, thanks for showing it to us, kind of like that. So then I was like, okay, whatever. And two or three weeks later, I got a voicemail on my phone, and it was like a minute long. I was like, who is that? So I listened to it and uh, this girl was like, I'm with Adult Swim. We want to use your video in a cut down of development, meaning we're going to air on TV this Friday. So I was like, oh, so essentially what happens is they do development meeting once a week every Thursday. And it's an hour online. Out of that four hours of content they get online in a month, they choose essentially two pitches to air on, on TV. So I, I was kind of proud because I was like, whoa, in the whole month, uh, me, uh, this other guy and me were the only ones they chose to air on TV because they don't air development meaning on TV except for a 15-minute cut down they do once a month. And like I said, it's small, but at the end of the day, I can still say my video technically showed on Adult Swim on the air. Yeah, on you know? nationally syndicated television. TV, yeah. yeah. And, and that whole thing was insane too because they called me like three days before it was supposed to air saying we need you to get you to sign off to allow to show it but also if is that your music or is that somebody else's and i was like oh it's a danny brown track which i was kind of scared of because that's that's a big artist because when i originally made that video obviously i was not expecting it to get Mm. big i didn't think like anyone would ever care so i just used some track and distorted it so they were like well you have to get permission to use it so i contacted uh fool's gold records which is danny brown's label which is pretty big label for rap currently so i contacted them the guy that runs it um uh sent it to danny brown's management saying what do you think and they were like hey we're cool with the usage of this we like the video good luck with your campaign so danny brown and his management signed off and let us keep the music because they they could have been like oh you can't have that in there take it out yeah because adult swim was gonna have to they said if we couldn't get permission they were gonna have to they said they could find something similar in their music library and i'm like that could have like derailed like ruined the whole feel of the video it would have been a totally different video so luckily 
uh, they signed off on it and let me keep it. Yeah. So I was very glad to see it air on Adult Swim. Because didn't like pretty early on somebody contacted you that had either made the beat or something like before that? No, I when I first made it, I sent it over Instagram to the guy Skywalker that made that instrumental for Danny Brown. And he like just responded with a bunch of flame emojis, and he liked it. So I ass- liked it on Instagram. So I assumed he was saying, "Yeah, like, uh, good job. Yeah. yeah, like he was cool with yeah, it." That's cool. And um, yeah, like I mean, over the whole process, they were like Dan Brown's producer made it. Dan Brown has management, and Fools Gold were all really cool and let me keep it. <laughs> I was really really glad about that. Oh man, because the music makes it, man. Yeah, like, that's the video. Like, that's like the video. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, dude. So. Um, it's kind of interesting because it, like, so since then you've you've done several like speaking engagements like as a candidate, right? Yes, I spoke at uh, two government classes at Randall High School. Yeah, which that was that was very interesting. I was terrified to do that because a teacher at Randall approached me over Facebook and was like, "Would you want to come speak to my?" Uh, government class and I was like oh I don't know if I'm qualified <laughs> to do that and she's like no you're plenty qualified just do it and the thing that was this is the most insane thing about speaking to those classes was before that uh, when the videos were first coming out most of the like questions and comments I would get from people above 30 or 40 were just like I don't know people that didn't get it were like what's this mean this is goofy kind of thing and mm-hmm. then I went to his high school they showed the videos to the kids while I was in the classroom and the kids all had really good questions that were like more serious than what most adults had asked me. Oh, and these were all damn. high school students. Cause after I spoke to the class, this kid came up to me and he was like, Hey, I have a question for you. Like I grew up kind of in the poor part of town and I see downtown Amarillo and it's getting really nice and all that. But he was like, I can't afford to go eat at those kind of places or do that. He was like, do you think Amarillo is just getting better for one group of people? And I was just like, oh man, like, like that, Shit. that was a pretty heavy question. And these, and these were high school kids, you know, they, they had some, they, they had some really, really interesting questions, but then some of them were like, do you want to have kids? Yes. Yeah. Like, oh, I was like, I don't, I'm not right now. <laughs> yeah. There was, yeah. there was some funny questions too, yeah. but they had some really interesting questions and that was kind of when I started to feel like the whole thing was getting legitimate because I was like, I'm speaking at a high school yeah you know it's just like when that's the thing that i say is so beautiful about this video series is it shows that something absurd can grow into something actually beautiful positive with weight to it because i do think Mm -hmm. at this point um i do think this has weight now yeah well it it will always have been like i i feel like there's you can look back on different stages of amarello and say like this changed this Mm -hmm. this changed this and like that that's the thing is like this has changed amarello yeah well i i hope it does it's the first time that i can ever remember somebody running for city council yeah now i can remember um people running for mayor yeah i can remember some campaigns i can remember maybe even some national news about something happening with the mayor race in amarello yeah but never that next tier down like i've never heard about and i'm not i don't know if i've heard about it in any city yeah but i mean i I think part another reason i was inspired to run was i was committed to this thing where i was like i'm doing a zero dollar campaign i'm not accepting donations which i have gotten some flack on people have told me there's no way you're gonna do it there's no way which is really to me kind of 
it, it inspires me more when people are, there's no way you can win without doing donations. Cause I was looking, um, when there's a city council race, you have to turn in financial reports for your campaign to the city. And they show that to the public, essentially how much a candidate received in donations, mm. how much they spent on whatever. And in the 2017 race for city council, there was a candidate that paid a marketing agency here almost $10,000 just for advertising. And I laughed to myself because I'm like, think about it, like you paid $10,000 a century to send out a bunch of mailers to people so they could see your face and name and know who you were. And I, I joked, I, I made a Facebook post that, you know, I, I don't know if it's absolute fact, but it could be. I said, I, I said I created the most viewed political campaign in Amarillo history on a budget of zero dollars. Mm -hmm. But the thing is, I, I don't know of any uh, Amarillo candidate that's had a political ad with over 100,000 views in three months, you know, unless yeah. I missed it. And I did that on zero dollars. I didn't have to spend $10,000 to get my name out there. But I think the harder part now is a lot of people are wanting to know where I stand on certain issues. But a lot of that has just been me talking to people. If they ask me, I answer. If there's something I don't know, I tell them I don't know, but I'll look into it and try mm -hmm. to see what I can learn. You know, I've just been trying to be honest. Yeah. Well, and that's what's so uh, <clears throat> interesting about the money side of politics. Yeah. Is it almost seems like it's a way of not being honest. Yeah. Well, it's, it's like, more of a game. Yeah. It's a game. It's like, hey, I'm going to basically, um, like you were saying, it's like almost, it's not about the issue. It's about knowing the name and seeing the face and thinking of the face, you know? Yeah. So it's almost like a way of like glossing over the real issues. Yeah. So like instead of us talking about you know, uh, the refugee population or the north side of Amarillo or the drainage in Amarillo or bike paths or any of, or any of this stuff that could possibly affect like large groups of Amarillo. No, just see me in a suit, like see this with some flashy music and you're going to think of my name and that's how I'm going to get in, you yeah. know, it's kind of, and I mean, I'll be curious. Like, I, I think the odds will be stacked against me, but I do think, um, if younger people do vote in in this election in 2019, I think I have a chance, you know. And I think if I win city council, I think that would I think that would be a historical moment. Oh, dude! I think it would change the game. Would you be the youngest city council member in Amarillo history? Well, here's the funny thing: was I actually called the city secretary trying to find out who was the youngest, and they're like, "Oh, we can only look back five years." So they they told me they weren't able to tech, like tell me who the youngest was. They can only look back five years. Yeah, like they, they were like, we can only check that like for five years back. We like we can't. I don't. Maybe they just didn't want to go. Dig yeah, through. they were probably like, yeah, uh, they, they didn't want to go dig. Yeah, through. we can't do that. <laughs> but they, they probably didn't want to go dig through folders and look for birth dates yeah, and do the math oh, on yeah. that. But um, I would assume I, if not, I'm pretty dang close because by election I'd be 25, which that's. That's young. That's, yeah. that's very young for a city council. Well, I mean, you're seat. thinking probably half. You're that would be half the age of probably the youngest. The young well, the young, the youngest candidates. Like, yeah. Typically, it's you know before you're fifty. Yeah. You know, like. Well, I'm actually curious this time to see if a lot of younger people run, and part of me wonders if my videos would have had an influence on that if younger people do run because I've even noticed something that I it's not exactly fact. But I've noticed this year, currently right now, there are seven um, or eight candidates, myself, that have already announced their intentions to run 
in 2019, which that never happens. You never have people announcing that early the year previous for for city for, for mayor and city council, mayor, yeah. like including the the current mayor and I believe three out of the four council have already said they're going to rerun. Which I'm running for place one, which um, the uh, the woman who's in sitting in place one right now has actually hasn't announced yet if she's running again. Uh. Which you know I'll be curious to see if, if she does, but. Out of them, the mayor, uh, me, uh, Stephen, who's also running, that's seven or eight people that have already announced. Right. Which that's insanely early. And I'm like, but then again, I'm like, I announced in August, and I wondered, did I, did I maybe start a, an early campaign trend? Yeah, because kinda... people were like, we can't let this guy get like yeah. get get ahead. What this kid who? No. He's getting ahead of us. Yeah. He's getting people looking. We have to get out here. You well, know? see, and that that's kind of the cool thing about most people that run for a city council is it's and i don't know maybe maybe this is a uh a misinterpretation a misthought but typically i've always like um associated with just like a civic duty yeah like hey these people aren't doing it for the money well they only i mean you only get paid like 11 bucks a week or something it's not like you don't get a check to be on city council right right so that you know and that's the cool thing is I, I do feel like one of the things that I do think about that's cool about Amarillo is um, it's a almost a multi-generational uh, striving for a better Amarillo. Yeah. So somebody who's like 60 would be saying, I want Amarillo to, because I love this city, I want it to get the recognition it deserves, I want it to be a place people want to live, but that they're 60. So they're thinking about making it a place that 60-year-old people want to live, not yeah. necessarily the the major group that are moving away from Amarillo, which, I mean, I don't have any uh, demographics or answers on, but it's probably people that are graduating from Amarillo College mm-hmm. and who want to go off and do something different. So probably like 20 to 30. You yeah. know, they're, they're moving off for greener pastures. Yeah. So it's like, how can we retell the narrative of Amarillo to keep the young people here, you know? Yeah, I mean, you essentially just tell it yourself and just do it. Because mm-hmm. that's why I feel like, like you said, I hope by the end of this, I I would think it'd be incre- like incredible if I changed Amarillo history, especially knowing that it was such absurd beginnings. You mm. can, like, with something so absurd and that you made on a cell phone that you could essentially shape a, or change a political landscape is yeah. very... That's inspiring to me. Yeah. Oh, know, yeah. That's some weird... Like, that. that's such a weird scenario to get into, you know? Dang. Dude, I can't figure out how to turn off my notifications. <laughs> I, somehow my, my phone got linked to, like, both computers. computers so, like, anytime, like, I'll have my phone silenced, but then my computer still beeps at me. And I'm, yeah, I don't know if it's a lazy thing. Like, it might be that I'm too lazy to dig in and figure out how to, like, turn it off. off but it, it always beeps at me. It's always like, hey, Dexter. Hey, I'm right here. Hey, Technology. Notification. <laughs> oh, dude. Yeah, that's crazy. So, it, and it was kind of interesting, like when you brought up the way that they encourage most pe- young people to participate in city government and everything is by voting. Yeah. Not by running. No, no, no. You by know? Running. And it is kind of interesting. It was like, man, I, like, uh, it's like one of those things you want there to be more competition. The more competition, hopefully the better person's going to win or like the more educated person or yeah. not, not educated in the in the classical sense. Yeah. But, you know, in tune with what the city and what the city maybe needs and maybe uh, 
progressive progressing forward. Like you said, like some of those high school kids, yeah. they probably have the answer that would fix or that would make Amarillo attractive in 20 years. Yeah. But the ball has to get rolling now. Now. Exactly, but that was the funny thing was when they were asking me questions um I was telling them that to run for city council, like the the requirements aren't all that crazy. Um, and technically, one of the requirements says to run for Amarillo City Council, you have to be of at least 18 years old on election day. So that means you can be 17 years old oh, and campaigning for city council as long as you're 18 by the day uh, you're like elected in. Wow. So like a 17-year-old theoretically could run and, and win city council, but you know, and that would be, that would be crazy. That would be crazy, <laughs> man. So have you felt, um, like has, has like digging into this, like helped you understand the process of like what the city council even does? Yeah, definitely more than I ever knew before. So is that like been one of those things, like as you're digging, you're just like, like where we, well, you realize how much stuff is actually involved in the city and what the mayor and city council does. And even like watching the meetings, there is a lot of mundane stuff that you're just like, Oh, like it's, not all this exciting stuff, <clears throat> but I mean, I do think uh, it's an interesting way to bring awareness to it, you know, which I think even for others, I think we, we, we've all been talking about it more than we ever have. Yeah. You know? I, I mean, that's the thing is I've never really thought about city council uh, past the mayor, really. I've never really thought about it, you know, yeah. I guess. <laughs> Uh, dude, so that's funny. I listened back to our previous episode, mm-hmm. and there were several times you could hear Emmett in the background, but it was a year younger Emmett, uh-huh. which is very different than than the current Emmett, yeah. the current incarnation of it. <laughs> but I was figuring we'd hear him stomping around. Dude. He's very heavy-footed these days. <laughs> but yeah, man, that's uh, that's crazy. So I'll ask you two more questions on the political okay. topic. So... Um, what is it that you like about Amarillo? Um, I love Amarillo just because I love the landscape, I love the character, and I love the fact that I feel like you can do whatever you want here. I feel like there's no rules. Um, you can just do it. There's, uh, that's why I tell people. It's, it's weird. People are like, well, I just can't accomplish what I want to accomplish here with my music or my art or whatever. And it's just like, I, I literally don't think this place has rules. And if there are any, they're pretty easy to break, you know. And and that's why I think it's really fun. I mean, I, I mean, I tell people it's just like I I live here and I don't feel like I'm behind on what I'm doing. Like I feel like I'm doing everything I want to do at the pace I like doing it. Right. And I think for the most part, I think I've been able to accomplish most of the stuff I've wanted to, and I haven't moved. So. Well, do you, do you think like do you think you would have put out as many albums as you've put out if you were in like a more poppin' scene? I don't, yeah, that's a good question. I don't know. I mean, that, that's the thing. You get in those bigger scenes, there's more competition. You can just get kind of steamrolled over, you know. Mm-hmm. Like, there's always a chance of that happening. I feel like here, I just kind of have my space. I just, it's easier for me to do my thing here, you know. Yeah. But that's that's why I like Amarillo. I mean, it's really actually a pretty flexible place. If you know, I don't know. It's more like if you know how to work it, or if you know how to maneuver it, you can do it. But I think yeah. a lot of people are just kind of late to realize that, or they don't really realize that you can work the city the way you want. You can work the landscape and you can kind of make your own scene, do your own thing, you know? Hmm. Yeah, it is kind of interesting. I wonder if that's why it seems like, uh, it seems like one of the arts that 
thrives and does really well here is like photography. Yeah. And I wonder if that is because photography has so much to do with like framing the landscape. Yeah. So like depending on how you choose to see the landscape shows like different aspects of it, you know? Yeah. It's kind of crazy. Very true. Um, so what is it that you would want to change in um, What I would want to change right off the bat would be for one, even in the election process, I'd want more younger turnout just to get that voice showing up because, uh, it's, it's almost pathetic. Just voter turnout mm-hmm. for local elections in Amarillo is not even remotely good. But I think even beyond that, if I were on, if I were on city council, what I would do to change it is I think the current problems we've had with city council and the mayor is I do feel like there's a lack of empathy and understanding when people bring them complaints about things. I think I, the way I always say it is even if you don't necessarily agree with what they're complaining about, at least listen to it. Mm. Because I think the reason there's so much antagonism and anger going on right now with mayor and city council, I think, is because a lot of people feel like they're not being answered or they're not being acknowledged or they're being being treated like they're in a nuisance. Because I know there's a lot of people upset about uh, the treatment of the homeless population here. There's a lot of people upset about the animal management. There's uh, there's just been a lot of complaints with that. And I've had a lot of people tell me, well, what would you do about uh, finding ways to help with the homeless population in Amarillo? And I say that I feel like for one, I feel like it would more be moving away from the thought process of, well, homeless people are just kind of a eyesore. It's more of just because I feel like that's been kind of a problem with the mayor and city councils, more of just treating the homeless population more like it's kind of a detractor to business and more of an eyesore. Just kind of just get it out of the way. Mm. We just don't really want this here. And I think for one, I think there's other cities, bigger cities that have had really positive um ideas in terms of uh, we're like figuring out better ways to benefit the homeless population get them on their feet get them moving get you know like finding ways to help them have you heard of the park uh, here in amarillo uh-huh. where they they do the meals and all it's, that no it's like uh i can't remember what the piece maybe panhandle mm-hmm. adult rehabilitation center yeah mm-hmm. and they like i mean it's a it's a really cool place they yeah. have a really cool uh there was a the um uh, I guess the main girl doing it mm-hmm. was on uh, Jason Boyette's podcast on Hey Amarillo. She was t- kind of talking about it. Mm-hmm. And it it seemed, which I follow them on Instagram, mm-hmm. Instagram or Facebook. Yeah. And they're like, they're like posting pictures of homeless people that they're helping to like progress. Yeah. Oh, because and a lot of people don't want to be homeless. Well, yeah. Homeless, but, you know? And I do think uh, there are a lot of great outreach programs here in Amarillo. I mean, even Face City Mission. There's a mm-hmm. lot of... There's a lot of good positive outreach. I'm just saying um, if they want to figure out ways to, you know, because I, I think there's a lot of people that are upset and angry about how it's being dealt with. And I think the city probably could have taken a more proactive stance and maybe we wouldn't, they wouldn't be dealing with as much anger as mm-hmm. they're getting right now. Mm-hmm. But I think really the key to all of it is I always say when people ask me, what do you think is best for Amarillo? What do you think is best? I always say that I don't entirely know what's best for Amarillo, but I think that's kind of the spot you should take because I don't entirely know, but I think the whole collective population knows. I think you yeah, know, there's like some really there's really innovative ideas is out there that are sitting in in different people's heads around Amarillo. It's yeah. just getting them brought to the forefront and getting them implemented. Yeah, it's pulling those ideas and figuring it out because I'm more worried about the person that's like I know what's best for Amarillo. You know, mm-hmm. I'm more worried about those uh, about those kind of people. But whenever people tell me, well, you you can't you like. I wouldn't vote for you because you're inexperienced and you're young. And I would say I am young. I am 
experience, but I can say I'm young and I have a lot of good ideas to offer and a, a younger perspective. Um, I'm inexperienced, meaning that I haven't really been set my ways on how to do things and I'm wanting to listen and find ways to correct and benefit Amarillo in the most positive way without any behind the scenes things factoring in or any like ulterior motives of why I wouldn't want to do something that would benefit the city. You know, mm. I think that's more of a benefit because I think there's a lot of people that have been on city council that were older, wealthy and retired that just wanted to uh, have something to do. And who knows if their interest in it are always for the best reasons. Right. Because you know, I'm always iffy on anyone that spends $10,000 on advertising in a local election because that just seems ridiculous. You yeah, know? that does seem ridiculous. <laughs> Dang. All right. So those are the last two things I was going to cha- uh, ask you about that. But one of the things that I was wanting to talk to you about was um, like kind of Amarillo as a blank canvas. Yeah. Like for culture and different stuff like that. Do you like – what is it that you see uh, Amarillo like cultivating? Do you see it um, – I mean like – it's tough to say what I see Emerald cultivating in the sense of like, I think this Amarillo will cultivate musicians or artists or anything specifically. I don't know if Amarillo, like right now, if I can think of a specific culture or group that's going to become a bit. I just think Amarillo will do its best um, cultivating, I guess, artistic freedom where, I mean, in that aspect for people like me. If it's easy to live here, it's easy to find jobs. It's not too bad to pay rent or pay mortgage. You can pay your bills. You have internet and you can network and do your thing with your Mm. art the way you want to do it. And it progresses. Then I think you'll see better results across the board. Well, it's like one of the, I was kind of thinking about this question earlier. And uh, one of the things that popped up is it seems like Amarillo is really good at cultivating subcultures. Mm Mm-hmm. You know, not necessarily like there, like that. There's these like predominant movements or these like prolific movements, but mm-hmm. there's all these like uh, like the scootering community, for instance, which yeah. is something I know nothing about. Mm-hmm. But I do know that there's like a kid from Bushland who's traveling the world, and you know, maybe one of the most popular people from Amarillo, yeah. doing scooter tricks, you know, and and stuff like that. I know that there's like a there's like a thriving community of like scooters and skateboards and different stuff like that but they're all like they're all isolated in subcultures or something yeah like that. and i think that's kind of more common for just more smaller towns you know conservative type places because mm-hmm. that's why it's subcultures it's not the norm so people go underground and do it kind of almost kind of secretly just on their own space i think right. that's just more traditional because uh, bigger cities don't have really like subcultures like that because I guess it's just more accepted. Right. It's a bit more normal. So um, one of the things I remember you saying was uh, talking about wanting to – I think it was maybe a Facebook post where you're like, hey, can we make Amarillo like the the uh, experimental music capital of Texas? Yeah. I think right. I said of America is what I said. Oh, yeah. yeah I, I, was like, I was like, let's make Amarillo experimental music capital of America. Um, which, you know, that's very pie in the sky out there, but it's not an impossible idea. No. Well, and I mean, that's one of the things that's interesting to me is like Amarillo, there's almost like a, a weird nostalgic mm-hmm. like, or like weird, not like a strange nostalgic, but like there's like a weird nostalgic. Like uh, Amarillo is known for these like strange off the wall, like the 72 ounce steak or Stanley Marsh or like the Cadillac Ranch or like there's all of these like weird things that have mm-hmm. happened in Amarillo. Yeah. And it, it is kind of like weird. It's like why is that 
the main thing that's publicized about Amarillo, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And it that, could it could happen, you know? Like, yeah. experimental music, there's a home for it. Yeah. I mean, uh, give it another 10 years and I'll be here to see where it's at then, mm-hmm. you know? So are you planning on staying in Amarillo for quite some time? Yeah. I mean, I don't have any plans to leave. Yeah. You know. It's like, where would we go? <laughs> there's nowhere else. This is <laughs> yeah. it. This is it. It's the center of the country, man. It's the center of the country. It is amazing how many people from all over the world come through this place. Yeah. You know, I-40 traveling um, Route 66. Yeah. That's one thing I would like to see is, like, actually declare a historical district mm-hmm. and then put some money into it. Like yeah. the Route 66, you know, yeah. 6th Street and stuff. Like, there's some really cool uh, history just sitting right there that nobody, you know, we're just letting it dilapidate you know yeah. which likely sixth street has definitely been on the rise in the past you know five years i've definitely oh, yeah. seen a lot of change for the better i think sixth street's looking at a heck of a lot nicer than it did 10 years ago oh yeah that's dude. for sure you know that's from like fact. well especially from like 806 to is it El Bracero's past golden light it, well like it's before golden light if you're heading towards western street Okay, yeah, yeah. So anyway, I guess it would be from Golden Light to 806. It's a super cool strip. Yeah, like, like all that, that area. Stuff in that, that area is cool. And that's a really cool spot. I mean, I love going down there too, you know. But yeah, it's definitely improved a lot. Yeah, man, I'm actually out of I'm actually out of questions. We got through those a lot faster than I was anticipating. We made it right about to the hour mark, though. Yeah, we did make it to right about the hour mark. Are we gonna crack some beers? I'm down. Okay, absolutely. All right, pausing the podcast, cracking some beers. Uh, and and we're back. Kid waits right until we start recording. Um, I'm drinking the Odell Brewing Company's IPA. Um, Hayden, what do you got there? Summer Shandy. Summer Shandy. But how do you say that name? Um, I don't know. It looks German. From a, an incredibly German beer. But yeah, so Hayden doesn't like IPAs, and that's the only thing I had in my in my. Which I, you know, this is actually my favorite IPA out of all of them. This is like if I'm gonna splurge and get like the the nice, nice stuff. One. But all right, so first off, let's let's we're wrapping this thing up. Let's wrap up uh, some plugs. So. On the last album, or on the last podcast, you were talking about a new album mm-hmm. that you had finished. Yeah. Is that coming out? Like, what's the... So, essentially, where that stands right now is it's mastered, it's done, album cover's done, it's all ready to go, and it will be very soon. Um, I definitely think I kind of delayed it a little bit, because I kind of got busy doing other things, so mm. I was like, oh, let's just pause it for a second, because I didn't really want to... Um, I don't know, I didn't want to have to juggle two things at once, so yeah, the album... The album's done and ready to go. Yeah, just it, waiting on it. It'll be soon. It'll be very soon. Whenever you like release an album, do you have quite a few like tour? Like, do you uh, as far as press stuff and all that kind of stuff? It just yeah. kind of rear. It just yeah. There's a lot up. of work in that part because you do have to start knocking on doors, email wise, in terms of looking for places to premiere a song, mm. or, you know, stuff like that. So. But, I mean, I've been getting all my stuff updated today. I finally put my whole catalog on Bandcamp. Mm. Because I had my first album up on Bandcamp, but for some reason I just kind of forgot about my Bandcamp because everything was on Spotify and Apple Music. Oh, yeah. And then I was like, I'm just going to go ahead and... And I uploaded it all this morning. 
and I haven't even like shared it anywhere. And I got two emails of like two people purchasing like stuff I had just put up. And I was really? like, oh, nice, because I made like 14 bucks yeah. <laughs> right after I like uploaded them. Immediately people were buying it. So I wonder if that is, I'm not exactly sure how Bandcamp works, but is, do people have like a page or something well, yeah, where they well, can? Bandcamp's cool because as opposed to Spotify or stuff like that, Bandcamp, you can go, you can upload your albums, you can sell it however much you want. They let you choose, well, like pick your own price or like free or mm. do you want to sell for seven bucks, ten bucks. And Bandcamp takes like, if you sell a seven dollar album, I think they take like forty cents or something. Like they just take a small cut since mm-hmm. they're the interface. Mm-hmm. But Bandcamp's pretty fair, and they're like, I feel like Bandcamp's good to their artists. And yeah, I I, I like Bandcamp a lot. Nice. <laughs> yeah, it it is kind of interesting, like you were saying earlier, or like to allude back to what you were saying earlier about how. You know, a lot of people say, oh, you can't make it in Amarillo or all this. But there's so many different platforms. There's so many ways of getting your music heard by so many different people. You yeah. know, that it's kind of like, man, it, it almost doesn't seem like that's a valid excuse anymore. You yeah. Know? I mean, you can just throw it up online and yeah. find it. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So uh, do you have like, how do you keep your music? Is it like mastered mp3s or like like, how do like I, whenever you uploaded it to like Bandcamp. yeah they're like wave files so they're pretty oh. big Wa- like wave or aif files that are you know don't c- compress or don't crush the oh. audio so yeah just try to upload them in good quality nice you know? oh yeah um so city council you're announcing in Ju- January. When well, is your? When is the actual? Well, well, I'm not announcing it. I've already announced oh, the I date. The the date to file the sixteenth. That's when you essentially put your name on the ballot, and that's when it. That's when you're officially doing it. And when is the election? That uh, May nineteenth, I think. Is the May nineteenth. That's, that's in May. So file on January elections in May. It, are, do they do early polling and stuff like that? Um, that I don't know. I'm not sure about. Uh, for just a, a city election, dude, we should do it. We should do a party, like a vote party. A vote party, and then like, <laughs> like maybe do it, do it somewhere. Meet up, eat some food, drink some beers, and then everybody goes and votes like at the exact same time. That'd be cool. that way. When you're standing in line, you can be like standing in line with people you want to talk to. Oh yeah, you know, like, that'd be pretty fun. <laughs> It'd be so funny too to like. If we could get a whole bunch of people, and then we all go to the same polling box, you know, because most people for a local, local election, they're probably like, ah, you know, it's going to be relaxed. Maybe have two or three people at a time, yeah. and then they just get slammed with like <laughs> 40 people like, whoa, you know, like a huge line. That'd be hilarious. Dude, that, that'd be fun, man. It would be fun. Let's do that. I said, I, I think it's... Like I said, it's it's only just beginning. Yeah, I maybe think. an after party too. Yeah, with some. <laughs> if I I feel like if I win or lose, the after party would have to be interesting. Yeah, <laughs> regardless, oh, yeah. it would just be well. A- and and that what would be cool is so one of the one of the ways that I feel like you would uh, win mm-hmm. out of this yeah. is if. Is if uh, two hundred people who have never voted in the city election vote mm-hmm. for, in the city election because yeah. of you? Yeah. Not necessarily. Yeah. If they do that, even if I don't win, even I if still, you don't it's win, it's still an overall victory. Yeah, yeah, it's an overall victory. It like it got more people involved. Yeah. You know. Yeah, so exactly. Which is pretty in itself. I mean, that's kind of what the goal. Yeah. The goal is. It was funny. So while the while the podcast was paused, and this is what's funny. We went out and drank a beer the other night. Mm-hmm. No shit. Mm-hmm. 
Amarillo, we're in Amarillo. I don't even know what time it was. Do you remember like seven or something or yeah. eight we meet? And there's there's like a bartender and three people in the bar plus me. Yeah. Hayden comes walking in and one of the guys at the bar was like, oh, Hayden Bettigo. <laughs> <laughs> City councilman is just like, what are the chances? Yeah. There's... Four other people in the room, and one of them instantly recognized you. And, like, yeah. you're on the phone with Guitar Center, and the guy's like, hey, man, I really enjoy your video. Like, yeah. just recognized your name. You yeah. were saying that it's happens a, all the time it's now. It's insane. Like, the other day I was at Barnes & Noble buying a book, and the guy behind the camera was like, I love your video so much, I stayed up till 3 to watch on Adult Swim. And you're like, there's people following this. Yeah. It, it means the world to me. I mean, that's so cool that, that you're just, cool. like, people are, like, actively following it. Yeah. You know? Do you... What do you think is exciting to like a person like that about it? Well, I think it's just, um, to me, I think it's a, this narrative, like maybe an underdog type thing. Oh. Of when you feel like you want to root for the guy that has the least amount of chance of winning. Yeah. Because every, the odds are stacked against me. Mm -hmm. And I'm there. I'm, these people's same age. So they can look at it and go, that's kind of like me. Like, like if he could do it, I could do it. Right. So I think it gives, I, I think it's done well because I think it's given people something to root for because mm. it's the average goofball type dude. Yeah. It's just like, let's see what happens. Let's, let's do it. And like you said, the fact that honestly, if I would have done this and would have burned out after two weeks in August, I would have been like, ah, people probably don't care. But the fact that I'm like, this is sustained so far from August to December. I did not think, like originally we were like, there's no way I can fill in this much time before January. Mm. But it kind of naturally did. It yeah. kind of naturally filled itself out. It just kind of did it. We just like kind of read naturally and it's done well. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Well, and that that's what's so funny is you probably couldn't have planned it out. No. Like if no. you had been like, okay, we're going to plan it out. We're going to do that. You know, it just, but naturally it just, it's like a force of nature. Like yeah. that video is a force of nature. Absolutely. It's a natural <laughs> Disaster. <laughs> That's a campaign slogan. Hayden Peck, the natural disaster. <laughs> that is hilarious. So, um, where? So, like, what is the best place for people to like follow you or find you? I'm just um, Facebook or Instagram. If you want my goofier stuff, Instagram. If you want more serious political. Or I serious and like the <laughs> least serious way possible. Yeah. But if it, I don't know if you want more like campaign formal up, maybe yeah, formal. more formal. If you want more campaign updates, text type stuff. On a lot of my open letters, my political open letters are on Facebook. Now, what is it? The Amarillo Pioneer that's been like yeah, they writing. so the Amarillo Amarillo Pioneer has actually been kind of profiling me quite a bit. Which, you know, it's not like in an overly like positive or negative way. It's just yeah, been profiling, just, which has helped. It's yeah. been nice to. Um, the he he's the next person you need to have on this. Podcast. I know. I've actually talked to him. That that's the problem. Like I, my my schedule is so like flares up when I have opportunities, and then I'll go a little bit of time. And yeah. So I I, I need to this this January. I'm going to try to hit it hard. I got yeah. a lot of guests that I have like backlog that I've like confirmed that, and he's one of them. Yeah. The the. The third Thomas Warren three. They three. call him T three. T three. Yeah, they always call him T three. Because but his, he's like his dad started it. Or, um, well, or he he and his dad started, but he mm. he um he's kind of like the main main guy behind it. But 
He's like 20, he's 20, he's 20 years old. And the first time I talked to him on the phone for an interview, I thought he was like a 50 year old man. <laughs> like he has this very just old guy voice. Yeah. And I met him, I was like, oh, like you're, you're a kid. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he doesn't seem like a kid, yeah. but he's 20. And I was just yeah. like, dude, I was like, I told him, I was like, what you do? It's kind of insane. To, I said, I said, it's killer. Like if you've seen their website, it's just white with black mm-hmm. text, mm-hmm. no ads. And I said, do you know what a zine is? And he was like, no. I was like, a zine is like the punk thing, like making your like little zine on a copy maker mm. of shows and art and all that, and you pass it around the underground. I was like, I feel like the pioneer is like kind of like kind mm. of a zine, like in like in a weird way. Like he's not doing it artistically. This is news, but mm-hmm. the way I view it through an artistic lens, the Emerald Pioneer is kind of a zine, well, white with black text, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it is kind of like not doing ads, not not doing all these things. That's artful. Like mm-hmm. that that is showing that he has a higher purpose than just trying to He just wants to get the news out. Yeah. And that's it. You know, he's it, the Pioneer is not a lifestyle magazine. It's not any of that. And that's what I think is so cool about it's just like it's just that you get what you get. Mm-hmm. It is what it is. Take it or leave it. Yeah. And I really dig that. I like that a lot. That is cool. All right, so I've got one. This is my, my pop up question. My last guest, Jeff Warwick. Wyrick. I say Warwick every time. It's Wyrick. He threw out his top 10 list of, of top rappers. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was pretty interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, you should listen to that one and right. then give me your opinion. He It was uh, well-rounded. It was a well-rounded list. Yeah. But I was going to say, what, do, what would you say your top five? And it doesn't have to be like greatest of all time. Just who just, are my top five? Like, like just who you would say? Not even, not even that you're saying this is the best rapper ever. But like, what would your top five list be? Like, hey, this is these are either exciting or artful or whatever. Um, I mean, probably like looking at stuff like, um, Ghostface Killer, Danny Brown, MF Doom, Kanye West. MF Doom was on his list. Yeah. Um, Kanye West uh, I, I say Kanye West not because I think he's like literally the greatest rapper he's a way better producer than rapper mm-hmm. but um, I mean I, I think Kanye's rapping is fun um, I'm trying to think of who else I would put in the top five because that's kind of it's kind of a tricky one for me to, to do a top five I mean those are probably the people I list to them the most if I have to throw in a SoundCloud rapper I like Ski Mask the Slump God because he's fun like what he does, he kind of has the this really zany type kooky mm. flow that's really really fun to listen to. But um, I mean, those are probably the ones I listen to the most. Those are kind of my favorite. Nice, mm-hmm. yeah. MF Doom, he's got that's that. You know that song? Um, I think that's the name of that song. I can't remember. And I don't think that there's a chorus in the song. He's just like flowing the entire song. Yeah, and it's just like man. Yeah. Well, I always like, say I think one of the greatest pieces of rap in a single song is uh, Ghostface Killer's Nutmeg. Mm. Like that whole song, I still remember the first time I was just like, oh my gosh, this guy's just literally just on another level. Yeah, you know? just destroying. And, yeah, that, and that's and that's the thing that's so crazy is recently NPR did a Tiny Desk concert with the whole Wu-Tang Clan, but Ghostface wasn't there, mm. which I was kind of disappointed. I know they all kind of tour on different cycles, so maybe he can be there. But, but I mean, but even then Ghostface and also... Uh, Jizza from Wu-Tang who did the album Liquid Swords which is another piece of just uh, brain bending rap where you're just like these guys are just on another mental level mm. you know but those are probably the rappers I listen to the most nice know? I always listen to Kanye's My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy yes dude I don't know what it is about that it's album a, it's a prog rock rap 
album. It's very proggy. Like, yeah. It feels like prog rock with rap over it for yeah. the whole album. There, there's something just so strange about that album because I'm the same way. Like I'll listen to it and I'm like, ah, I don't know what it is about this. You know that it's just it's just a good album. Yeah, know. and actually, like I feel rapping wise, um, it's kind of Kanye at his peak rapping mm-hmm. form because mm-hmm. usually production's the biggest thing. But in terms of Hearing Kanye rap, he's probably at his best on that mm. on that album. Yeah, I think the the guy from Bonnie Vare is on one of the songs. He's on multiple on that album, and um, that's Kanye's lowest selling album in his whole discography. Is Dark Twisted Fantasy? This is really? worst performing record because I think it. I don't know. It didn't really just have. It's funny, like it did have power on it, but I don't think it had like a just. It had Runaway. Yeah, but it didn't have like an insane hit. It didn't oh, have a yeah, Gold yeah. Digger or yeah, something on it. Yeah. But yeah, that's his like lowest performing album. It's huh. it's sold the least, but most consider it his best. Pitchfork gave it a ten out of ten when it originally came out. Really, they gave it a very controversial perfect ten. Wow, but. Very controversial. It's it's controversial (laughs) to give anything a perfect ten. Oh yeah, yeah. Especially to give Kanye a perfect ten. Yeah, it's 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 almost like, do you know who you just gave a perfect ten to? Like out of everybody, that's the one guy you should not have given a perfect ten to. But we all have to admit that Kanye West has one of the most fun discographies in rap. Oh, to go through the whole thing because it's not like. Oh, I feel like I keep listening to the same album over and over. It's just like every album, you're just in a new... I feel like each Kanye album has, a, has its own unique world. Yeah, there's it. definitely been like a development process that is unique to each album. Like yeah. it's, it's not a cookie cutter by any yeah. means. Oh, and I totally uh, screwed up. You asked me my top five rappers, and I maybe missed one of the most important ones. Uh, I forgot to say Pusha T. Mm. Pusha T's Daytona album of the year. I'm qu- quote me on that. Pusha T's Daytona album of the year. Quote. All right, let me, <laughs> let me jot this down. Daytona. Pusha T. Album of the year. Ten out of ten. Not controversial. <laughs> Just ten out of ten. Ten out of ten. You know, I haven't ever gotten into Pusha T for some reason. I don't know uh, why. Dude, go back and listen Detail. to clips. Clips. Him, clips. Him and. C-L-I-P-S-E, him and his brother Malice, who now goes by No Malice, were one of the meanest rap duos in all of history. Rip. All yeah, of history? History. Listen to Clips, Hell Hath No Fury, and it's one of the meanest rap albums ever made. And all the production was done by the Neptunes, which is Pharrell. And yeah. The dude, they produced that whole album. Pharrell and who? What's the other dude's name in the Neptunes? It's Pharrell and the, the other dude. Oh, okay. I don't but know. they were called the Neptunes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they produced the whole thing. The same dudes that produced Hollaback Girl produced clips. Yeah. Of Fury. Hollaback Girl. Yeah. That was a weird time, dude, when Gwen Stefani was in that stage. I loved it, man. You loved it? Yeah, Gwen I mean, I, I liked it too. Like, I, I enjoyed all of the ones that were coming out, yeah. but it was so different than No Doubt. Yeah. And it was almost like this, like, ultra poppy, like, yeah. uh, very highly produced. Like, I wasn't sure what was happening. Like, and then all the music videos were all, like, Alice in Wonderlandy and yeah. stuff. And then she always had those Asian chicks hanging out Which with her. Nowadays, it probably, people would probably say it was, like, cultural appropriation. <laughs> Yeah, they probably yeah yeah, but she yeah that that era was fun and honestly I tell people there's like certain hip, like hip hop songs I tell people um, are brilliant I do think Hall of Back Girl is one of those songs because it's like um, it's such a stripped down song in terms oh, of wait, the instrumental was that, that wasn't Gwen Stefani that was Gwen Hall of Back Girl was Gwen Stefani it was Gwen Stefani yeah that was Gwen Stefani and Pharrell produced oh. that 
but um, I always say that Hollow Back Girl is a genius song because it's such a minimal production, like mm. the instrumental and the beat, so minimal that it doesn't age it. When you make something that minimal, it's hard to age because you can't, it doesn't have those things that signify, oh, this is a track from 2004, yeah, which obviously like, people will know because of nostalgia, but um, that's one of those I think like Hollow Back Girl is a very, very timeless song that works because of minimalism. It's just very minimal. Yeah. You know? Damn. Yeah, that's crazy. Man, Pharrell, like, that's what's really cool about, like, the producer side of things. Yeah. It's like those guys have their hands in, like, so many different things. projects that you're like, you know, it's kind of a kind of mind-blowing when you see how many different things they've worked on and really made stuff, like, happen, you know? Yeah. It's pretty cool. Uh, I have a question for you. Ooh. What's your favorite rapper ad-lib? And by ad-lib, I mean, it, it's their signature thing. Like, for Pusha T, his ad-lib is, yeah. Like that's oh. that like their signature ad lib that they do. Travis Scott just goes has an auto tune straight up that plays in the background. I'm not sure if this would count, but like Ab Soul, mm-hmm. he always talks about Aleister Crowley. Mm-hmm. I, uh, does that count? Um, I mean, not not because he uses but it's it. Like, it's he like uses it. Yeah, he thing. uses it yeah. like all of these different. That I no that just pops into my head because Which, I, I think he doesn't he do that that uh no that schoolboy Q the one that just like yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah that's that's an out yeah something like yeah that. okay that's a good one yeah. I was gonna say it's probably something that um, Kendrick Lamar does but I can't think of like in particular like one thing that he does yeah if you had to ask like when you <laughs> asked me that I start like trying to think and I'm like yeah. damn I can't even I, think of one because I didn't start really thinking about adlibs until like I. My favorite, I just like Pusha T's, yeah, because it's like the, it's like really, like it almost sounds like disgust. Yeah. You know, it, it always sounds really mean and you're yeah, just it's, like. Yeah, it's cool because it's like they're getting into their character. Yeah. It's like a way, it's like a way of, okay, I'm, I'm remembering who I am. Yeah. You know, or something. But the reason Daytona's so cool is that he's like 42 and like he puts out something that's that like fresh and mean and bulletproof mm. and you're like it shows it's cool like you know when rock stars get older they get cornier it's like oh, oh you're yeah. old but I'm like but they're like, I feel like in rap they're proving that's like age is starting like not to matter in rap right. if you're putting out stuff that's like solid gold mm. and that one's genius too it's only 22 minutes it's short it's just yeah. each song short the instrumentals are just cut to the point and I like albums like that that are just <laughs> quick rides but they you don't want it to be longer because it doesn't wear out its welcome. You just want to restart it and just listen to the whole thing again. And in that, and Kanye's production on that album is some of his best in years. Mm. Like it, it's top tier production. What What does Kid Cudi do? I'm trying to um, think of what he hums. Yeah, oh. <laughs> he, he, he just hums. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's his thing. He's just humming. Yeah, I don't know, man. That's a good. That's a that's a good question. I'd have to really. Do you and Jeff need to have like a discussion? You only need to have yeah. a rap discussion. Absolutely. Because I think that dude, his knowledge is deep. Your knowledge is deep mm-hmm. on it. And it, it's just, it is kind of crazy. Like my biggest problem is I can't ever remember. Like yeah, I can't ever remember what it is that I like. Like mm-hmm. I'll get down to the end of I'll get to the end of a song and I'm like, wow, that was badass. I don't remember any of it. It's so weird. I feel that definitely. Oh damn! All right, so two more quick questions. How do you define success? Um, I think um, being able to do what you like doing comfortably, and by Mm -hmm. comfort, that doesn't necessarily have to mean money. 
Um, if you're able to do what you want with comfort, then that's success. That's it. Mm. You know, that's... Yeah, it's funny. Like, I've been with Emmett. Uh, we've been running laps. Mm-hmm. That's our newest thing. Right. Is uh, just right here in my house, just the hallway to the kitchen to the... And he just chases me the whole time. Yeah. And every time he runs past my wife, he says... Mama, I'm winning, <laughs> even though he's chasing me. And it's just interesting because it's like, that's an interesting way to define success. You know, every time he runs He's by, having a good time. Like, Mama, I'm winning. <laughs> and then just keep running, you know, over and over. It's just like, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a great way of, you know, defining success right there. Yeah. You know, chasing, uh, chasing somebody, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> so do you got a song to end the podcast with? Like one to like a song to choose. Yeah, you can end. just like just you can play the song, whichever song you want to play to just like close out the show. Um, I'm gonna probably John Mouse. John Mouse. M A U S. With his hit song, The Crucifix. Who's this guy? John Mouse is a very very odd man. He's a. a a college professor who taught philosophy at the University of Hawaii. He's put out numerous records of very oddball medieval pop music. Mm. And by medieval, I mean gothic and drenched in reverb and absolutely... It's it's beyond description. John mm. can't be described. Nice. <laughs> well, good one, man. That's a good, that's a good pool. I like... I, the last, do you remember who you played last time? A grouper. Yeah, a grouper. That's yeah, what it was. Grouper last. Grouper. Nice, <laughs> dude. Well, all right, man. We'll appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, I hope everybody gets out and votes. Absolutely. Hopefully they vote for you. They better. But as long as they vote for somebody. <laughs> somebody, right? yeah. Yeah. As long as you're under 30 and vote, that's good. So And reach out to you, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, people reach, can. Shoot me messages if you, if you listen to this and you want to ask me something. Uh, shoot me a message on Facebook or Instagram. I will answer them. Yes. All right. All right. Thank you all for tuning in. And uh, I'm going to leave you out with this, uh, with John Mays Moss. Mouse. Mouse. I Just, see our, my U looks like a Y. Yeah. So it's I'm produced, kind of retarded. Yeah, it's pronounced like Mouse. Yeah. But yeah, so John, M-A-U-S. This is the crucifix. Hopefully you all enjoy. And uh, until next time, peace out.